Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite. It's me and Leslie today. Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are here on a Sunday and it's Black History Month. All month long. You know it. You know All it. All month long. <laughs> uh, you know what? I am so enthusiastic about how people just came out strong on February 1st. Sure. They were like, yes. Acclaiming <laughs> it. Back off. Elbows yeah. out. People yeah. had their list out there. They yes. had this. I was like, yes. Yeah, it's very exciting. And oh, I want to give a few shout outs. So a shout out to Era Wine Bar in Hyattsville. So they're having a winemaker feature every week for the month of February. Phil Long of Longevity was the first one last week. And the ladies of Philosophy, (laughs) Denise and Kim, they are um, next week. I don't know. They they wait to the very last moment to tell people. Um, because this is a small space, they do have like a cave on the second floor in the basement. So it's a small space. So I have limited tickets. So, uh, follow them and get on their email list so you can find out who's going to be next. But, um, yeah, that's exciting. That's awesome. That is, I I happened, I wasn't able to go when Mr. Long was there, Mm -hmm. but I was able to go uh, later that week. And I really do like the, um, that room, which is for their club members. Yeah. Yeah. So they have this whole club system and you can get a locker there. It's yeah. very exciting. And it's nice. The neighborhood, that's a nice addition to that neighborhood. Absolutely. I like it. And the food yeah. was really good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you also, have? oh, so I had the uh, chicken tangine. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, um, I had that with a Malvasia. It was really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And shout out, they have a really good bartender there. That's really important. That's really, really important. That is vital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is vital. And for those who um, don't drink wine, which I don't understand why you don't, but for those- Why would you listen to this podcast wine? if you don't? Right, right. Well, you know, it's the swirl sweet. Um, they do have cocktails there. They do. They do have cocktails, so- yeah. Yep. Um, this is going to be my intro question to you and our special guest who's going to, they're going to tap okay. in in a second. Sutter Home has come out with I a new that. wine cocktail in a bottle. One is peach tea and the other one is lemonade. <sighs> so my question feel- is, so, my ahead, que- so ahead, this is my question to like you and, and the fellas when they chime in. What is your take on staying along with your vision versus rolling with the market? Because the market is going to make you money, but what is that going to do for you? This was at, we had this conversation with Phil Long last week also, and Mm -hmm. he seems to be in a very nice balance where he can do both. But, you know, I like y'all to chime in and guys, please join us. So um, okay, so while they are muting themselves, I'm going to say that I'm sticking with tradition, mm-hmm. and um, 
I don't, I don't, let me, let me say this. And um, if I offend some people, oh, well, um, I am not selling fermented Kool-Aid. Okay. I'm just saying that <clears throat> I'm not, it, there's a market for it and people like it and God bless you. Enjoy it. But I am not selling fermented Kool-Aid. And so I'm going to stick with traditionally made wines. And I think there will continue to be a market for it. Now, there, there, there may be different regions that are um, off the beaten path that we will carry. But I'm, I'm not going, I'm not jumping on that trend. I might jump on the canned wine trend, but gotcha. I'm not jumping on the fermented Kool-Aid trend. All right. Terrence and Brandon, welcome to the Swirl Suite. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah. I, I know that was a heavy question to, to, you know, to start with, but go ahead and jump in. I mean, I've, I've got a couple of thoughts that, that, that come to mind. Um, I, I think about um, some older conversations that we've had with some, some, some folks in the community, and they talked about how Moscato and all the, the you know, the, the, the hoopla around that, um, how it was a gateway to folks being interested in wine. And so while we have some, we might not agree with the timing, what you're drinking, what you pair it with, you know, we know there's proper ways to do it. It did introduce uh, folks who otherwise might not have started drinking wine, right? But on the other side of that, I think you're now messing with folks' palates to never be on the right side. So if you're conditioning to me to like Kool-Aid, when you give me something that is, um, you're skewing my palate. So when you give me something that is, is you know, has rich talent, uh, tannins, or we're talking about a city, it's all skewed now. I don't know how to appreciate uh, the hard work that these winemakers have put into the product. So I'm on both sides of it. I get being able to do something that's paired well with the culture, but at the same time, I'm gonna lean with Leslie. Like I'm, I'm more traditional, more of a purist, and wanting to be authentic about what it is that we bring to the market. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Leslie on this as well. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do believe that there are ways to do very specific things the right way. If you're asking me personally, just as a wine drinker, no, no, not for me. <laughs> no, uh, just in general, I don't like sweet things. Um, you know, I'm very much a person, I drink water, wine, and bourbon. I don't drink juice. I don't drink pop. I don't drink anything like that. I don't even drink cocktails. So something that sweet, yeah, my palate, my palate's not going for it. <laughs> it's a pass for me. Gotcha. I will say, though, I am interested in, uh, and this is mostly because I like Simply Lemonade. Simply Lemonade. Simply Lemonade. <laughs> But I'm so excited about this. I know you all have seen that, right? Yeah. I know you all have seen a spike simply lemonade coming yeah, out. The I'm song. super excited. And have you seen the pictures of uh, of Jamie Foxx when he's sipping out the straw? Uh, I forget the movie. Any uh, given Sunday, like that's going to be me all summer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Willie Beeman, that's going to be awesome. Oh, oh my hilarious. gosh. That's hilarious. No, I appreciate those opinions because I. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough, especially when you're starting out. Um, you just, you just want your business to grow. And I know there's that, there can be that sense of desperation. 
of, I really need this to work. I need to see movement now, but with a little patience, if you stay traditional, it'll, it'll definitely work out. It's always going to be a market for a traditional wine. Sarita, I mean, that's, that's obviously, obviously, but that was one of the most important factors of creating Michael LaVille was to go and introduce quality wines to the community starting off just to build a foundation but build a solid foundation yeah i'm 100 with you there yeah so uh guys please introduce yourselves to everybody (laughs) Uh, well my name is terrence lowe terrence lavelle lowe actually i am the head of house for michael lavelle wines Um, it's my partner brandon crump um, head of operations of michael lavelle wines you you know you're back I understand this is a podcast, but your background for some reason makes me think of Andy Cohen's clubhouse. I don't, I don't know what it is. So we are in it. Yeah. But it's a very clubhouse feel to it. We're we're definitely in a clubhouse right now. (laughs) We're like in the speakeasy. If you're familiar with the Soul House concept, we're like in the speakeasy part of of the clubhouse. Okay. A quieter place so we can talk with you all. Yeah. It's a very nice backdrop. I love it. Yeah. So tell us how, like, the origin of this story, like, how did this get started? Because you guys told me offline that you, it's four of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, So really just started out of curiosity, right? Passion around wine and its its history. Uh, I used to be a Moscato drinker, so I don't don't shame folks who, and I used to drink it inappropriately, right? Like, that was my wine of choice all day. It wasn't paired with the dessert, right? So I, when I'm, when I'm talking, I'm talking from a point of reference, like, we, genuinely used to enjoy wine and have conversations amongst our brotherhood and also notice this growing appreciation for wine as well uh, but would notice that uh, there was gaps right a void in the education piece of wine and then where you could actually find quality wine as we were going from venue to venue we tried to understand why there was such a disparity uh, in, in in the grapes and juice that was available and so with that, we, we decided to create a wine label in our image, right? That infused our culture, uh, you know, that, that came with our authenticity to it, but also with the focus on uh, education uh, and philanthropy as well. And you said we, like, how did you all meet? It's a great question, we'll take that. <laughs> uh, good old DC, good old DC. So Terrence, Aaron, and myself uh, graduated from Howard University. Our fourth partner, Devin, is from DC. So all four of us throughout our time at DC, in DC, we threw events, parties, festivals, uh, concerts. Uh, so from those uh, parties and such, that's when we really started to build a, a deeper relationship and, and really grew into a professional relationship. I think that's even where our curiosity really began because it began drinking more so spirits obviously being in a, in a club all the time. But we got to the point where it's like, hey, we don't want to just drink spirits all day long. So that's when we'll go home and, and we'll all try different wines. You know, like Terrence said, he would try a Moscato. I thought I would do something big when I went from white Zinfandel to white Merlot. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I'm something, right? So here we are, just sharing glasses. Um, and then Devin, he's always been into cocktails. So Devin is a psalm, but even outside of a psalm, like he is a master at creating cocktails. He's ran a lot of different programmings uh, in New York. So he would just really go and introduce us to a lot of different types of wines, different grapes, 
Um, and that's really where it began. That, I mean, I think that's awesome. And you don't see um, that collaboration often in the wine world. So that's pretty cool that you guys were able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it came together pretty, pretty seamlessly. I mean, with, with any brotherhood, sure, you can butt heads on certain ideas, right? But we all, you know, have backgrounds that enabled this to, to really flourish. Uh, when you look at the bottle, I don't know if you have the bottle in hand now. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at it, you know, we put a real focus on uh, minimalism, focusing on, uh, you know, the details that matter most, right? If you think of traditional wine bottles, a traditional archetype, it can be super busy. And our partner, Aaron, actually graduated from Parsons School of Design in New York, right? Like he live and breathes these things. And so he was really intentional around, hey, when I, when we look at this beautiful bottle, how do we make sure that it stands out and how can we make it, uh, you know, communicate to people? So the Irish flower represents royalty, it represents power. And that was the muse for the logo uh, when, when you're looking at it. And even on top of that, not only with Aaron's design, but Terrence's love and passion of art, we decided, hey, everything that we do, even if it is the bottle, even if it's simply the cork, it needs to be a form of art within itself. Uh, so that, that, like I said, everything just came together in so many different ways and so many different pillars to create this wine that, that truly does represent and, and look like us in a wine way. All right. I mean, and, and like, even, even, you know, out of curiosity, you shop with your eyes before, you know, you know, anything about acidity, you know, but like, you, you don't, you don't know these things. So you're like, I think that's a good bottle. And it fits into this price point that I can, you know, I got a $20 budget, so I'm gonna make it work. Uh, that's how it, it, it started, really. Like, how can we design something that is attractive on the eyes, but make sure that the juice matches well? Make it approachable every day. You know, we, we, we keep going back to the community and our lack of knowledge in wine, the lack of a frame of reference that we have in wine. We knew that wine could be very intimidating, even as Terrence said, picking out a bottle. You see so many words that you can't pronounce, <laughs> you ain't never heard of. So, you know, it was a understanding that we didn't have that background. We, everything was intentional in every way of how will this go and link this to the community so that everyone can understand and even the playing ground. So after you guys decided that you wanted to be involved in the wine community and perhaps have a wine, what was your first step? What was the first thing you did? <laughs> um, so there was a ton of, uh, there was a ton of run-ins with, with bad wine. I'll, I'll say that in the beginning, when you do a ton of research to really get to uh, the, the, the product that you really want. Um, so our rosé is the first uh, varietal of Michael Lavelle. Uh, we did it because the rosé is, is going to be misunderstood. There weren't a lot of men drinking it. You're two, four black men drinking the rosé. Um, we really wanted to show that there was a lot of versatility in rosé as well. Uh, so for us, I would think it was it, the first step was finding the right partner that would share in our vision of the wine. Uh, we could take critique as well, right? You know, if, if you know anything about you know, working with winemakers, if you're very passionate about what it is they make, there's no errors, it's flawless, right? So finding the right partner to, to help bring that vision to life. Then actually the name, right? We spent a lot of time ultimately coming back to our roots. Uh, with my middle name being Lavelle and Aaron's and Devin's middle name being Michael, we wanted to keep it as authentic as possible being Michael Lavelle. 
the the bar to get into wine production is so high, which often prohibits people from getting into that. Was it, um, did you have allies out there to help you navigate the, the road of um, winemaking? No, not, not in the beginning. Like now, today, we have allies. We have a lot of allies, but we had to learn the hard way. We actually had to go through things and make adjustments while doing things and learning the hard way and making mistakes. Uh, one of the things that, that we're, one of the things we're most proud of is actually the rosé. There was two versions of it. We went back and, and, and had a, a very hard look at things and said, hey, how can we make this better? What don't we like? What do we like? We, and we came very intentional with our partners to say, let's do this, let's do this, because it's still not what we think we want or what we want to offer to the community. Uh, so going through things actually was our biggest way of learning things. Uh, like I said, as, as we continued on through either networking with family, friends, colleagues, uh, or just you know conversations like these, that's when we really started to begin getting allies and then utilizing and talking to these allies a lot. You know, we've had allies in which the only reason they're now an ally is because they had to tell us no. <laughs> like, you know, we're asking for something, you know, Terrence and I had a situation where we were asking for someone to do something for about four months and they kept saying yes. And every time they would say yes, they would come back three days later and say no. And this is at the very beginning where we were starting to get defeated. Uh, but we remained, we were very persistent with it. And we ultimately didn't do it with that person, but we learned so much through that no. So we always say that if we didn't get that no, we wouldn't be where we are today. I, um, uh, I was, uh, there was a question that a, a girl sent me. Uh, she's writing this article and she wanted me to answer some questions for her. And one of her questions was, um, did you have a mentor coming into this? Like who helped you? along the way. And I thought it was an odd question because this isn't the industry that's going to welcome you with open arms, especially if you're black. So it's like you have to show your work before they start to support you. And that seems a little backwards, but that's, that's really how it is. So I just wanted to say that before we continue. We still have that, you know, we still have moments in which probably things that we should be getting or should be happening. It doesn't, and we have to take a step back and, and then go and have those same conversations with ourselves. We need to prove ourselves more. We have to do this more. We have to increase this more. And is it necessarily fair? No, but that's a part of the game. We got to keep it moving. But more importantly, like, what can we do to make sure that people behind us don't have to now go and do those things? Let's now be mentors to someone else, even though we didn't have mentors from the very beginning. Coming into this space uh, is, is very lonely. I tell people that all the time, right? I mean, I think entrepreneurship in general can be, uh, but specifically wine can be very isolating. That less than 1% is real, right? Uh, and so for us being donned by wine enthusiasts as the youngest black owned wine company, we take that very seriously uh, in that it is our duty to you know, be, to pique curiosity, to encourage that next generation behind us uh, so that they don't have that same experience with us, because we find that, um, you know, 
some folks can be guarded with information. And, and for us, we want we want to overshare, right? Like if, if we can help you avoid certain situations, we will definitely lend our resources and our knowledge uh, to, to prevent those, those mishaps from happening. Can you guys tell us about your rosé? The Irish rosé uh, is, is with this rich quartz, quartz cue is really uh, a very balanced rosé. Uh, this is very intentional for us. You know, we want to go more province style, uh, something that was right in the middle. Uh, and again, you know, we talk about approachable, not wanting to turn off folks who may have misunderstanding around rosé. Uh, might be too sweet. Uh, wanted the, the the palate to be very refreshing, fruit you know, fruit forward, uh, but very uh, but a very crisp finish, right? Um, so that was the the entire angle there. Pairs pairs amazingly, my favorite with shrimp tacos. Uh, but if you're more of like a, a, a fish, you know, person, you can pair with any white fish, any red fish that you enjoy. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, um, I always call it, it says, balance is one of my favorite words when I speak to the Irish rosé. Uh, Cause I, I really do believe you can drink it by yourself. You can drink it with food. Um, I even think you can drink it room temperature. You can drink it cold, right? You, no matter what, it kind of lives in a really good space. Uh, a lot of the red fruit, as Terrence said, it's very fruitful. And I think that's the, the part that we love most because a lot of people, when they hear that, they say, oh, okay, it's sweet. And then they, they try and like, oh, it's, it's not sweet. It's actually dry, but it's not overly dry. And that's where, again, I go back to being very balanced. Um, the acidity really cuts in very well, again, with food. Um, it's my go-to. It's my go-to. It wasn't always a go-to. Was yeah, rosé wasn't always good. So I think it was, you know, ours kind of changed that for him, right? <laughs> to be completely honest. But it, it's, you know, it, it was misunderstood like we are, right? Like, you know, we can walk into certain establishments and you'd almost assume that this is going to be a sweet product. And, you know, once people, you know, have a taste of it, they can form their opinions of it, they see that he and I and our team are knowledgeable about what we're talking about, then it's kind of washed over with this, you know, this, this kind of sense of, oh, I want to take these guys a little bit more serious. And I think that's how we approach all of the varietals that we release, right? We always try to have, make sure that there's some, yes, intention, but we can also map it to who we are and who it represents and how our audiences are going to connect with it as well. Well, I, I enjoy it. I, um, it's like, a, a, to me, like a burst of summer. It's um, really, um, you, you definitely get those fruit flavors. Like I, I get watermelon on the palate. I get like if I was to just bite into a very fresh strawberry, uh, those are the flavors that I get. And there is some residual sugar there. So I, I think it's nice for those who their palate may lean um, towards the sweet side that it's a dry wine, but you do um, get that fruit on there. So you, you think that it is sweeter than it actually, it actually is. Absolutely. I'm happy that you even pointed out the, the residual sugar um, because that, that's the part in which we really went in and it was a lot more intentional on with it being a rosé and finding the good balance. Like you said, where if it is someone that's trying to build that foundation that this is a good foundation that you can build upon. Or if you're a professional wine drinker, you're like, okay, I get it. I see what this is for. I see when I can drink this. Uh, again, it's, it's very well balanced. You know what grapes are used to make your rosé? Absolutely. 
Um, so that's a Pinot Grigio and Cabernet. Oh, nice. So that's a, and, and that's one of the exciting things because that's a blend in which you don't hear a lot of. Um, so to hear that we mixed Pinot and Cab, that is also what gives it the structure that it has. Um, that cab is going to make it a little bit more full body, not obviously a full body wine, but it gives it more body. And I think that's even why you can drink it even with food. As Karen said earlier, we get a lot of people, specifically men, who go and say, hey, I don't like rosé, but I love you all's rosé. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we hear that, we ask, what do you typically drink? And a lot of the times we hear cab. Mm -hmm. And like, well, part of the reason why you like it so much is because of the cab, but the Pinot cuts into that a little bit. And that's when it's like, oh, I get it. So um, yeah, that, that blend is, we, we, we really love it. Are you guys going to uh, make another one? Are you going to make it like a red or a still white? Now, Bubbles? Why do you get me excited like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we actually have been working on Ooh. a red for the past several months. It is a Ziffendale. Uh, 2018 Ziffendale coming out of Lodi. Uh, we are so excited. Uh, we're actually going to be releasing it this month uh, in select select cities, um, but it will be available on sipmichaelneville.com. Uh, but we're very excited about this. And again, as being intentional, we had a long list of different varietals that we were looking at for our second. We knew we wanted it to be red, though. And at first we went for, we thought about maybe doing a bread blend. Then we thought about doing something more traditional that people would expect, your Merlot, your Cab, your Syrah. And then we said, no, we said, let's do something out of the box. Let's do something out of the box like we did the Rosé. And that's when we thought about Ziffendale. Uh, like the black community, like us, it has been historically overlooked, uh, but it has evolved. Your older Zins were always heavy right? Very heavy, very high on alcohol, in which a lot of people says didn't really like it. So we went and scaled back some of your older zins, maybe about 16%. Ours are a little bit north of 14%. Um, so it's, from that standpoint, it's very refreshing. Uh, it's a lot of black fruits. Uh, we aged it in French oak barrels. So you're going to have a lot of the bacon seasonings to it. So when you smell it, and we actually did a tasting uh, the day before yesterday and someone smelled it. They said, this smells delicious. This smells like it can be a really good winter wine. And then they taste it and say, oh no, I'm wrong. You can drink this all yeah. year long. <laughs> it's, it's really good, a really good wine that you can drink. If you're on the couch watching TV, you're on the couch reading a book, you're having conversations like this or you're having a dinner, it's really good. I'm excited. I'm excited for both of you all to try it. <laughs> When I was um, when I was working in a tasting room, um, well, when I was doing tastings in person, one of my favorite wines to introduce to new drinkers was Zinfandel. It's very um, it's very easy. It's, it's, easy. it's very easy to first of all, they can pronounce it. Yes. Um, it's easy <laughs> to explain. And it's usually uh, it's typically jammy and fruity and people love that. So I think they connect with that easily. And I would do something like say, okay, let's try this Zen. And, and I'd have like a piece of chocolate or chocolate cake. And that combination always works. It always wins. So it's a, it's yeah. a great wine to introduce. No, that's perfect. 
um, the fruits, you, you would just be amazed, definitely understanding they're all darker fruits. But when you smell it, like you say, you're like, wow, this, this is, like you said, jammy, right? You can even, and it, I think everyone uses the word jammy differently, but like I get what everyone still has that one common denominator of what jammy is. And, and that's exactly it. And when, even when you, when you talk about chocolate cake, when you're on the nose, you're going to smell that cocoa. And it, it really says gets, it gets you excited. You, you, you take one glass, then you look up, I want another glass. They're like, I want another glass. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't break this whole bottle. Like, how, how is this so easy to, like, it's very easy. It's very easy. Um, but, you know, we also wanted to, uh, to get the second. The second is very important because you can do something the first time. And it's like, great. And it's very hard to do. But your second shows like, okay, where are you going with this now? Like, yeah. how real is this? Um, and the other thing with Zinfandel, it, it is to make, this is an everyday red. So now we want the conversation of Zinfandel being in those everyday conversations. And for us, there's not a lot of wine, wine makers or brands that really have the Zinfandel program. You know, uh, Brown State obviously has an amazing like outside of Brown State, definitely for black wine, you don't really hear it as much. Um, so if we can go in and, and add to that and add to Ziffindale being a known great and people enjoying it, then we're happy. So you'll be a part of the Zen Fest. Yes. In, in Lodi, you will be a part of that yes. Zen Festival. So you guys, um, one of the things you were saying is that you you wanted to have an emphasis on education. So what um, things are you doing to address that tenant? Yeah, uh, so it's a great question. Um, when I think about education, I think the, 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 the first piece uh, is our partnership with the Roots Fund. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the Roots Fund, uh, it's an organization that's focused on uh, increasing awareness, opportunity and employment for black, brown, indigenous, uh, just minorities within the wine industry. And so um, right now, you know, any purchase of, Michael, of a Michael Lavelle on our website is donated to the Rooted in France Scholarship. What this allows an HBCU graduate to be flown to France, to study abroad in France uh, and, and earn a dual MBA in wine business and wine management. Uh, so that's like a core step for us in, in, in bridging that gap, making sure that we uh, we create possibility there. Um, others is programming, right? So when you look out, you know, and you, what you can expect from us for the next year uh, is programming on, on, you know, vernacular within wine. You know, simple things is how to properly open a bottle. Uh, you know, you know, you don't have to use a saber for every single thing, right? Even though it looks good, you know, so you know things like that, right? Just again, in our personality, you know, being able to connect with people. Uh, around what we have learned in wine. Yes, how many, okay, let's, let's, let's just be honest here. How many times have you savored? <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, it's, embarrassing. it's embarrassing. This is how many times I've gotten it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually really never savored. I've never savored at all. You're missing out. I, I don't actually know. because I don't want to be like Terrence told me to go ahead and try it in my backyard. But <laughs> yeah, I'm ashamed to admit how many times I've tried and not gotten it right. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I'm, like I said, program is important. Um, definitely with us, we have a, a hyper-focus for very specific cities. Uh, so when we go into those cities, we always are looking at partnership opportunities. 
Uh, so even some of the smallest tastings, we love to do tastings because that is a, a, an opportunity in which you're going to get a novice wine drinker's attention because they don't have to sign up for it. It's not scheduled. They just we're in the store and they want to learn more. Um, so educating from that standpoint, from a lot of our partnerships that, that we have, uh, whether it's a hospitality space, uh, whether it's, you know, places like Soho in which we can go and do a tasting and not only just a Michael Lavelle tasting, but then we get to educate more about wines, mm -hmm. grapes. What is that process? Mm -hmm. And for us, it, it really starts sometimes with the smallest things. As Taryn said, how do you open a bottle of wine with an actual key? <laughs> you know, like from starting there, we need to go and, and build up on it. Um, so there's just a lot of different things that, that we do uh, throughout the year and a lot of things that we're going to continue to do and some things that we aren't doing yet uh, that we will begin to do. Yeah. And I mean, and the other, other piece I would add to that is uh, we will be focused on activations in the various cities that we're in. We know that wine is a very, like can be sensory overload. So from smell to taste to touch, uh, one of the things that we're focused on is art. And so when we release Michael Bell in various cities, we, we, are aiming to partner with the local artists in those cities to elevate their works as well. And from there, we would be hosting tastings, right? We'd be giving uh, just real intimate settings, um, focus on education, but at the same time, you know, education on art as well. This is a sidebar. Terrence, are you from Baltimore? No, do you hear Baltimore accent? I, I do. Where are you guys originally from? Uh, Chicago, the both of us. Uh, really? Yeah. It's, well, I hear the Chicago, that Southern draw with with Brandon, with you. I keep hearing this Baltimore. It's Baltimore. weird. I yeah. Need to more. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terrence just moved back to the East Coast. So, let me, you've been in Baltimore. That's what I <laughs> what the hell? I've been, I've been too, yeah, I've been too deep in the East Coast. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we were born and raised South Side of Chicago. Gotcha. Uh, he actually took me on this wing when we got to Howard. And so that's how we, we became friends. I was the uh, annoying little brother that had all the questions and needed all the help. Oh, and, that's uh, what's up. And it's kind of reversed now. He needs me. So how <laughs> the roles have switched. Time will tell. No, no. He's amazing partner. Truly. truly. Um, but yeah, born and raised South Side Chicago. I love that. I love it. So um, can we find your wines in D.C. right now? few different places in, in D.C. right now. Uh, Chats Liquor, uh, Barrett's Row. Um, you have Mormon's Wine um, in, in the Brooklyn area. Uh, Foxtrot, um, they're, they're a convenience store that is a market that is expanding in the DMV uh, right now with a few different locations and, that, and that's growing. Um, and then uh, the wine concierge. Uh, you know, you can go to Wine <laughs> website and also order some Michael Lavelle, the Iris Rosé, and, and soon the Iris Zinfandel. I love it. Leslie, and are I'm you going to send an email when you get those? Because I want to order both yes, at the same time. I, I will definitely do that. We will, ha we will have a, a special showing out. A sip yes. and see. We'll have a sip and see. I love it. I love it. I love it. So guys, we have some closeout questions for you. Um, can everybody answer these? I think, yeah, everybody can answer these. All right. <clears throat> so the first one, what do you do for fun? So 
I have an amazing one-year-old uh, Frenchie by the name of Bino. Uh, he's very na named appropriately. And then I've got a 10-year-old Maltese. Uh, so they take up a lot of a lot of my time. And other than that, traveling. I think I put a strong emphasis on, on travel. Love experiencing new like new dining experiences. Love you know uh, culinary experiences from across the globe. And so for me, whenever we're not working, if I can find some time to just, yeah, I know that doesn't really happen. Yeah, but when I do find time for us to travel, I, I think that's like my real hobby, finding, you know, nice little getaways. If I can just bounce the Turks for a couple of days and bounce right back, I, I'll do it. Um, so well, you'll have to meet Glennis, who is uh, one of the Swirl Suite people. And she has, she is our traveler. Okay. She okay. she is definitely our traveler. Cool. Well, we definitely have to talk. Yeah, we need her to create some itineraries for us to yeah. yeah, give us some new things. Uh, I'm very similar. Uh, I love the hospitality space in general. Uh, so hospitality is my hobby. Uh, going out to new restaurants, going out to new bars. Uh, you know, I just went to a new new black owned supper club in Chicago last night. So trying new different um, restaurant experiences is. Def, I think maybe, yeah, I think that's probably my biggest hobby. Uh, and then traveling as well. You know, I tell people all the time, I live on trains and planes. I'm, I'm a nomad. So part of that is experiencing new hotels, uh, you know, even Airbnbs and just seeing how people curate them. That's a hobby of mine. Um, and then running. I like to run. It kind of gets my, clear my head, get my thoughts, yeah. um, you know come up with some strategy, which all sounds like work, but also when you do something that you love so much, I don't, I don't consider it work. So honestly, owning Michael Avell probably really truly is my biggest hobby because it's fun. We enjoy it. We grow so much. Um, a lot of things that we both like, like restaurants, hotels, is also a part of that when we're traveling to different places. Uh, so yeah, I think my hobby is, is probably my favorite. <laughs> Now, Leslie, I know you're a busy bee, but what do you do for fun? I sleep. <laughs> Get a good nap in. I love that. I love that. I, I, let me tell you. Yeah. I would do that. That would be my Sunday thing. If every Sunday, if all I could do is sleep all day, Leslie, I, I'm right. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't want to turn this to a sleep podcast, but I have <laughs> definitely mastered the 22-minute nap. Oh man! That's what I set my, you know, and like that gives me enough juice to get back up and going again. Any longer than that, I'm done. I'm done for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I say, if sleep was an Olympic sport, mm. I would be Michael Phelps. <laughs> I can sleep anywhere, and I have mastered sleeping in a chair because I used to travel so much yeah. oh my goodness. that I with the, that my head won't bob like I still have neck control <laughs> I, I am good at it well that's amazing he's very similar I've been with him having a full-blown conversation talking about what I thought was important and I looked up and he's just knocked out I was like what what is this I can answer you I can be asleep and answer you, my college roommates make fun of me all the time because I would fall asleep. Like, cause I, I go hard. So when the body is like, it's, you know, time whatever, it's, time, it's, wow. it's shutting down. But 
I can still answer you, which is really creepy. And I don't know how I can do it, <laughs> but I can respond in deep sleep. That's what happens for, wow. for me, at least. You're trying to build a wine brand. It takes time. You need your yeah. breath. So I don't yeah. believe you. You're working hard. So it's necessary. Uh, I feel like everybody knows what I do for fun. Um, I, I watch TV and I air my opinions on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also, I also I cook. I just got this book, <clears throat> The Professional Chef. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> so, so, yeah, right? So in November, I taught myself how to cook the five mother sauces. And um, I think I'll try a new challenge in maybe a month or two. But, but yeah, so I am... I think I'm a decent cook, but just trying to improve it. And especially with the wine pairings, I want to be really good at that. So what are the mother sauces? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for my ignorance. I was like, so, so it's five mother sauces and you learn how to cook them when you're in culinary school. But they're like, yeah, the bechamel, velute, espanol, sauce tomate, and hollandaise. But they're like the start of almost every meal you can think of. So it gets really complicated. But yeah, they're the five sauces that you have to make when you're in culinary school. Wow. I have three follow-up questions. Sure. So what's your favorite TV show? Oh, that's so hard. Um, we are going to start with The Wire. Mm. Um, the Wire's number one. Number two is going to be The Good Wife. Um... Uh, number three might be Grey's Anatomy, like maybe seasons one through 10. Um, I don't know what we're doing now. I'm still watching, but I'm confused. Um, let's see. Committed. Yeah. What'd you say? Committed. You got to watch it, even though you don't. Yeah. It yeah. Um, I love sarcasm. So the office, I love Abbott Elementary. That's new. Um, oh, Elementary over yeah. Here. It's really yeah. funny. It's really funny. Um, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do y'all like Grand you... Crew? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. I enjoy I enjoy Grand Crew. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good spin. I like that. <laughs> I was I was gonna say Albert Elementary is named after did you Her hear the teacher? Story? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, we yeah. I, that's so sweet. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sweet. So those are a few of my favorite TV shows. You have you guys have favorites? Wait, wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. There was another <laughs> question. Two more questions. <laughs> okay. Since you like to express yourself so much on Instagram and Twitter, do you have a burner account? I do not. No. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I probably should as much trash that I talk, especially about Tyler Perry, but um, I probably should have an account, but I do not, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then my last question, what's the, like, what's your go-to meal? Mm, what's my go-to meal? Uh, do I have time to cook or is it like I'm getting home from work and I'm just whipping up something? Or is it like a I, Sunday where I have time? I'm interested in both actually. Okay. Like what is like go-to? You don't have a lot of time, but you know, uh -huh. and then two, you put some, you want to put your foot in it. What is that? Okay. So here is my, my go-to if I'm just getting home. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make, let's see, a pasta. Like I'll just like throw, it, throw some pasta in water. 
Um, I'll make a quick like bechamel sauce, but I'll make it spicy and throw some like cayenne and um, dry peppers in there. Um, add some shrimp, either kale or spinach, and that's the quick meal. So like a big spicy creamy pasta. Um, let's see if I have time that I'm either going to, I'm either going to roast, um, roast a chicken or roast a duck. Um, I'm crazy about like, uh, salty, like a crispy skin. So I'm either going to roast a chicken or roast a duck and they've been brined. So if, if I have time, they've been brined for 24 hours. Um, so they'll be juicy. But um, I'm going to do that. Uh, let's see, what's, what vegetable do I like with that? Uh, I'm not plain Jane when it comes to vegetables. I like them like blanched, like barely cooked almost. So we're going to blanch um, string beans. And then uh, hmm, let's do mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes. And I like them kind of lumpy with the skin. So I like them like uh, farm the table that thick, you know, mashed potatoes. So those are my two. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just, I, you didn't ask me what I would drink with either of those. So <laughs> actually, no, no. it's interesting that I literally go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so my spicy pasta, I, I honestly would love to taste your rosé with something like that. I like rosé with, with seafood and shrimp. Um, seafood shrimp and uh, things that are spicy and because there's residual sugar in there I think that will go nice with spicy um, let's see for a roasted chicken I just love a stainless steel clean maybe a chablis just mm. a nice chardonnay mm. I, I, I'm a chardonnay guy like that's that's kind of one of my, mm-hmm. my yeah uh, I love the fact that you brought up the spice with the rosé yeah I actually love our rosé with spicy food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a pescatarian, so I love a good jerk seafood mm-hmm. with the rosé. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome. On appetite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Oh, here we go. What was your favorite black TV show growing up? All right. So for me, I'm just gonna go with with the jamie fox show oh that's a classic yeah for, for me that's probably that's like that was a show that i wasn't supposed to watch but i stayed up yeah. and watched that thing you know so i yeah um, that's a really good one um so i'm not a i'm like not a really really big tv person gotcha um, i've always been a person like well, i watch tv afterwards like when everybody oh, okay watched, you yeah, don't care about the spoilers I'm so late to it that I, gotcha. I, I didn't see it. I'm also yeah. like really big in social media, so I miss all of that. You know, I could tell a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I miss all of that. Uh, but the one TV show that I will talk about that I really do love and I am very sad because it's ending this year is Blackish. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a great yeah. show. When yeah. I saw that it was, they were not returning, I... I probably shed a tear or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ken, Ken, what's his name? The, the, the writer. Kenya, uh, Kenya Barris? Kenya Barris. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I actually picked up my phone and DM Kenya Barris and said, hey man. <laughs> Whoa. Why, why didn't you do this? I'm, I'm not, 
I haven't seen enough yet. I, I want to see the kids, Jack and Diane, grow up. I was yeah. You respond? Of course not, because okay. he probably got a million. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Devontae, I mean. Yeah. Right, right, baby right, Devontae. Yeah. I'll tell you, they kind of forced on us. Like, one day he was here, and then we went, like, a whole season without him. But I do like him now. He, he's, a, he's a cute kid. My question is, where's the dog? They had a dog for two episodes. And then uh, they sure did. So did you like Kenya's other show on Netflix that was sort of like Blackish, but a little bit racier? So what's the name of that show? The first episode, the first two episodes, I was like, mm. oh, Black AF. Yeah. Yeah. After the, the, the third through the end, I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I still didn't like it to the same degree that I sure. like Blackish, mm-hmm. Mixish, yeah. Grownish. Like all of those are still more for me got you uh, i enjoyed it. it had its funny moments but i mean it's also really hard to go and build a completely new tv show that you have to go and have character development and all of that yeah uh good times Ooh. okay with, without without <laughs> you can see that this is like a gap in age here. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no no because no. i i have some other shows in my mind but like i i you know i stayed away from them but like no. oh man <laughs> good time is great i still yeah, watch i watch reruns good time all the time definitely yeah. again from chicago so like we, we got this whole thing sure. yeah like you gotta I, i'm trying to imagine like, like my channel for our shows was like upn and, yeah and, yeah and wb right like i still remember the yeah. dancing frog so like that's <laughs> where i get all our shows <laughs> Frog, yeah. I, I mean, of course, you know, my favorite shows growing up were like a different world, um, living single. Um, but Martin is probably number one. Um, oh, being that he's from here, it's, uh, I, I think I've followed his career from the very beginning. So I'm going to go with Martin. Uh, a close second is, is a different world. I, I, I respect both of those. I love Martin and Fresh Prince. Okay. Yeah. Fresh Prince. I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, are you going to watch the new Fresh Prince that's out? Absolutely. I'm very curious. There's a new Fresh Prince? So it's not a sitcom, though. It's a drama. It's not. It's, it's a dark drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be on Peacock in like maybe a week or two. I think so. Yeah. It's yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand that. How can Fresh Prince be a dark, dark? It's Fresh Prince. Well, yeah, they they flipped it. Yeah. yeah. You got, look up the trailer when you when we finish. All right, next question. Name one thing you miss about college. <laughs> Just one. Um, um, <coughs> the, oh, the, boy. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can answer honestly. <laughs> yeah, wait, let me bring it back. Um, what do I miss about college? I want to Y'all ain't giggled this whole show, but I asked that one <laughs> question, and now I'm getting all the laughs. <laughs> Um, I want to be honest. Be honest. Yeah, I'm trying, but be I'm honest. trying. Coming out, I am going to be honest. I'm not. I just. I. I think I miss the, the 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 freedom. Sure. The, the randomness of a day. Um, I Absolutely. Traveling 800 miles from Chicago, being in DC was a whole new world. Right, it wasn't under you know, the parental thumb, if you will. So, I mean, I've always been naturally curious. I'd always, you know, you can find me randomly at a museum, randomly at an art show, places, you know, I've 
quote unquote wasn't supposed to be in. Um, so I would I would I would say that that I just I was I missed the the randomness of it all. It's a very good answer. That was such a diplomatic answer. <laughs> so I got to Howard two thousand six, summer of two thousand six. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, <laughs> I mean that. Uh, before I stepped foot on Howard's campus, I had already signed up to do a party. Um, so I that is the part that I missed. Like I was mm. that was my thing. Like parties was, and not just for the fun of it, more mm-hmm. so for the business side of it. Like that was my way of getting into entrepreneurship. Like that is how I survived. That's how I supported my daughter. Like, cause it, I had parties, um, but at a young age to be able to do so many of the things, kind of like Terrence said, I probably should not have been <laughs> able to do or do. Yeah, I did um, on top of the fact Y'all keep laughing at me, but like every day I wake up, my body does not feel the same way. So back then being able to party the way that I party, mm. not care about certain types of alcohol and the fun levels. Yeah, I miss that. I can't do any of those things anymore. I'm a yeah. guy. Everybody called me old man crump. <laughs> <laughs> I party too hard in college. So now <laughs> I am the responsible person sitting here drinking some Zippendale. <laughs> Our resident grandfather that's what we say but um yeah what about you like what 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 about you when it, when it comes to, to college uh me oh so many things so i went to morgan state um and there is no other camaraderie like at a hbcu it's it's no other feeling um and I feel like um, just like living in the dorms and being on campus and like our games and our our bands, our our energy is different at an HBCU. And I think that's that's definitely what I miss. I mean, you get whiffs of it here and there as an adult, but um, that's definitely um, something I miss. Leslie, what about you? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Brandon. I miss that 20-something stamina sure. where I could go to class and then go out Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday mm. night, Sunday, rest on Monday and start it all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah. just, I, I, I can't even do a Friday, Saturday night now. So mm. I miss that. And you know what I also miss? I miss being passionately naive because um because you're like you you are old enough to form an opinion on uh, how things are and how the world is but you don't necessarily have all of the insight of um the 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 background on it or people's different opinions but you're you're passionate about your opinion and I remember um when I was in college or like when I was in grad school it was the million man march Mm. and just you know you you just had an opinion about it you had an opinion about should women go because you know they were like telling women to stay home like are you gonna be like I ain't let no man tell me what to do but it was just that 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 passion that energy 
that as you get older, you have bills and you have other things that detract from that ideal wisdom mm. that you, you have when you're younger. Listen, that was very well said. Yeah. Yeah. That's that a great fun. answer. That is a great answer. All right. Next question. What do you listen to in your car? Um, I'll answer that because I'm probably in the car way less than Terrence. So he probably had to think about this a little bit more. Um, I listen to the same mix on Tidal that is Jay-Z, Pusha T, Rick Ross. Like, those are like my, my three. Uh, and if I can say a fourth, I'm going to say Jay-Z again, then Jay-Z again, then Jay-Z again. Got you. Um, wait, wait, wait. And then add in some Sade here. Okay. Okay. I would say like I I I mean I would echo those are favorites, Sade and Jay. Um, but I'm I'm all over the place when it comes to music. I I grew up in a very um, music rich household. Uh, My father is a self-proclaimed audiophile, so he's spent a lot of money on great speakers, and so I was. Uh, fortunate enough to be open to Brazilian jazz music, Cuban jazz music, Porter, Kurt Elling. Um, I listen to a lot of R&B personally. Like I, I joke with my friends all the time. Like I work out to R&B. Like I can't oh. listen to, you know, Three Six Mafia and throw weights. Like I gotta, it's to me, I definitely <laughs> need uh, something a little bit more soothing, right? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more uh, an R&B style. Uh, jazz so like all day I don't think that Terrence was being honest with us earlier when he was talking about his hobbies I just not realized this two hobbies really dancing and singing I don't care where (laughs) he is right now they put on an R&B song he's going to start singing and dancing and I mean he's going to cut the rug I mean the boy can dance singing I don't know (laughs) are you listening <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny Sarita what do you listen to oh you know I listen to podcasts every day all day me too so I <laughs> yeah. um my uh podcast mentor told me to start listening to our episodes I mean because I have to listen to them to edit them but he was like no 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 when you're in your car or walking or whatever listen to your episodes so I listen to our podcast and I listen to um uh, I really love Jamel Hill's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Michelle Obama's podcast. Even Jill Scott has a podcast. Really? Um, I've, yeah, yeah. I, feel I like couldn't everybody... get into Jill Scott. Maybe I just catched it, catch the wrong one, but I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Well, her. you might be right. You might be right. But, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, and I, because I'm a TV watcher, most TV shows have podcasts that recap the shows now. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. So, um, a lot of TV podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts and, um, uh, audibles. Ah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. Last question. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Who's winning Rams or Bengals? The commanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's who I put my money on. I yeah, none of my teams are in this fight, so I, yeah. Yeah, I'm truly spectating. Um, gotcha. But if I'd have to go, I 
the Rams. I'd like to see OBJ get his, you know, get a chip. I, I'd like that. Um, and what about you? You know, I, I really don't want to talk about NFL too much. Right now. <laughs> um, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time just retired. So I feel like uh, I'm not really accepting NFL without TB12 gotcha. yet. Uh, but uh, between those two, I, I definitely would like to see the LA Rams win as well. Uh, they have there's several players on that team that I, I think have players and coaches. Yeah. Uh, mm. That I think have, have put in the work to win. Uh, to win a ring, so LA. What did you, I thought you were gonna say you weren't talking about it because um, the recent statement, the, the lawsuit and um, Roger Goodell came out today making a statement about what owners should do. So I've, I have a, a professional background in sports. So I went to Howard for sports management I worked for the Washington Nationals for multiple seasons. Um, so my whole, that, that's a whole deeper conversation. <laughs> like we'll be here for another hour if I was to go that route. Um, because I, I am very passionate about that. And, and I've, I've heard different stories like this. I've seen personal stories like this of being black in sports, uh, whether you are front office, staff or on the, t on, on the team. Um, so I, I intentionally didn't say that because again, I can go okay. hours on that. Uh, but I am happy that, that both coaches have come out. And actually at this point, really three coaches have come out um, and saying that they have proof of these things. And I personally think Roger is about to get in trouble, even more trouble. And I think that the owners are going to probably use him as a scapegoat to deflect and get him out of here and get a new commissioner. And that's going to be what happened. The way mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Hmm. Uh, I, I really don't care who wins, but I, um, I'm going to watch, I'm going to make chopped cheese for the first time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's our Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl meal, chopped cheese. <laughs> So. What, is, what is chopped cheese? Like you, just, you were just like blowing my mind today. Yeah, and chopped cheese is a, a bodega, like a New York thing. So it's it's yeah, very okay. it's very basic. So all they do is they take two burgers, right? They're their patties, and they chop uh -huh. them up, put cheese on top, and they add toppings, and they put it on like a hoagie kind of thing. It's very okay, sloppy, okay. fatty. It's yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, guys, this was so fun. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. It's been amazing. This is this has been fun. Thank you for the opportunity just to have these conversations. Talk about Michael Lavelle. Talk about this upcoming juicy Ziffendale. The Iris Ziffendale was very, very, very excited uh, for everyone to to sip it. So, how can everybody follow you and follow the brand? Yeah, so you can follow us on SIP on IG, SIP Michael Lavelle, uh, on Facebook, same handle, Michael Lavelle Wines. Uh, you can follow myself, uh, Diplomatic, it's D-I-P-L-O-W-M-A-T-I-C, uh, and then Brandon here on Brandon L. Crump. Brandon L. Crump. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then our website is SIPMichaelLavelle.com. Got you. Thank you so much. Leslie, do you Thank have you. anything coming up this week you want to tell the people about? We, well, 
We don't have anything coming up this week. We do have our Mardi Gras theme paint and sip. I'll be there. I'm so excited. Yes. Yes. And it, and, and we have an artist who is actually leading it. So she's going to just do a lightly sketch. So you don't feel intimidated when you get your canvas and everything she's going to sketch for you. But we have all month long our um, drink black sale. So all of the black wine labels on our site are on sale. Yay. And this week, I'm going to be doing a live with Isis, the millennial song. Ooh, that should be fun. So uh, look out for that. That's on Thursday. I think it's at 7 p.m. Eastern time. But yeah, look out for that. That should be fun. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That wraps us up. Thank you for joining us, Well Sweet Guys. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow all of us on social media. I am Vine Me Up. Leslie is Vino301 or The Wine Concierge. Glennis is Vino Noir and Tanisha is Girl Meets Glass. Cheers.